Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself, richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is New Digs. I don't get out much. I don't go to the churches. I don't see what goes on out there so much. And I recently got invited by a girl who attended here at some point and her father died and the funeral was to be held in a pretty high church. I'm not trying to, you know, we don't need any new digs. The old digs are enough a lot of times on other places. But I'm gonna tell you what, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I'm used to this. And I got in there and man, they had the building and they had people liking robe stuff. They had to get dressed before they came out. They had cross on a stick kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? There was a guy carrying a cross in front of me and then there was another guy with another cross on a stick, you know? And I mean, dude, I was just like, holy cow. And I was supposed to speak at this thing. I didn't know where to sit and yet, you know, and I didn't know if I bowed. And I thought, well, I'm not bound to a wall. You know, I'm just telling you, you say, well, whoa, whoa, whoa you're throwing my, you know, my background under the bus. So just be prepared. I'm going to go at this as gently as I can. It is not this complicated. And part of the problem that people have with religion and with church and with God is the hoops you got to get through just to get to him. It's craziness. And I just get out of there kind of spun around. I don't get spun around very easily. I was like, holy cow, I got to get back to my house, you know, to my peeps. You know, this is like, I mean, they were... You know, I don't even know where you get the holy water, but you know, they had, they had stuff I didn't know existed. Now you say, oh, I'm out of here because you're making fun. I'm not making fun. I grew up with some crazy stuff. Maybe you got stuff, but I'm going to challenge you. I'll just tell you where we're going kind of up front and then try to get there. If you've got stuff you're holding on to, you better have verses to back it up or you're wasting your time. You say, whoa, 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 but what about traditions? Is there anything wrong with traditions? We probably got stuff around here. We kind of do certain things in a certain order. Are those traditions? I'm sure. But when you start elevating traditions to the level of truth, you're in trouble. And this is what happens in some areas where they say, well, no, it's not in the Bible, but we've been doing it so long, it's just true now. Oh, really? All right, now we're going left to right, as I try to do, go to Exodus chapter 25. And I can't read all this, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to listen. I'm going to skip rocks over some of this. If you want more, you got to go back and read these chapters for yourself and see that there is a context, there is a category for all the trappings for the stuff, okay? I'm not throwing buildings and I'm not throwing all these things because it did exist, okay? But part of my presupposition today is what I'm trying to throw out here is you cannot take things just because they did exist and superimpose them in a new time, in a new era, in a new category, just because you kind of like it. Because if they don't belong, they don't work. So let's jump in here in Exodus 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, verse one, spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel 
and this is just what it says, that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and the sweet incense, onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, this is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings just so you shall make it, okay? So this is God's idea. He says, make me a mobile home. That's pretty much what this is. It is a tent. It's gonna be built a certain way. If you keep reading down in verse 10, the Ark of the Testimony, they make this little box. God's presence will be housed in the mercy seat, this Ark of the Covenant. You've seen it in movies. They can't find it. It's some big warehouse the government has. I can't remember where it is either. So Ark of the Testimony, they gotta make this Ark. Verse 17, a mercy seat. Verse 23, a table, certain dimensions, all this stuff inlaid in gold, lampstand, verse 31. Let me go back before I forget this. The word here used in verse eight again of Exodus 25 was let them make me a sanctuary. Now just please just go with me. I raised all kind of cane in previous churches because in meetings in one of the rooms, they'd say, well, are we gonna have this event in the sanctuary? And they'd say, yes, well, this is gonna be held in the sanctuary. And I'd say, whoa, 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 whoa. How are we going to do that? Now, I was a nightmare. I'm just telling you. I'm not there anymore. You say, Richard, let it go. You know what? You can't let it go because if you use Bible words on buildings today, you're screwing people up. Children go, oh, well, we had church in the sanctuary. Well, that's cool because it says in the Bible, that's where God lives. So he's in there. So when we leave there, we leave him and we're good. You can't build a sanctuary anymore. And I'll show you in the New Testament, unless you're building a life within you and with a body of Christ. These are not just words we use. So you go to a church and they say, we're going to meet in the sanctuary. Or they call a part of the building beyond a certain line to the back wall, the sanctuary. He does not live there. It is not biblical. It's not possible. You say, well, you're being insensitive. No, I'm just trying to tell you it ain't happening. He moved out of buildings into us, whether you like it or not. And if he doesn't live in you, then you better pray he's over there somewhere close to you. He doesn't live in these buildings anymore. He's got a new mobile home. It's me. It's you. It's us. Now, you say, well, this better be in the Bible. It's in the Bible, okay? <laughs> Exodus 28. Verse one, moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with 10 curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, scarlet thread, artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits. I mean, it goes off 50 loops, you shall make gold. It's like God saying, this is how I want my mobile home to look. Make it exactly this way. If you've got instructions and directions on how to build him a house, knock yourself out, do what he says. We got no instructions like this in this same regard. Now, we got instructions, and I'll read you those in a little bit. Okay, so this is all good. Old Testament, read Exodus 28. goes down through this whole explanation. Like verse 33, go down there. You shall hang the veil from the class. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. 
So there is a veil involved that separated these two rooms inside this massive tent so that God would say, we're moving. So they'd move this tent and that was his presence. They'd set the whole thing up and he'd say, remove, they'd tear it back down, fold it up, carry this tent and this box and put it in there. And that was how the deal worked. Exodus 27, you shall make an altar, verse one, dimensions. Verse nine, you shall make the court of the tabernacle, had an outside area. How to care for the lampstand, down in verse 20. You've got notes probably in your Bible. Exodus 28. Now, if the tent wasn't enough, now you got to have costumes. Now, I'm telling you, I am not making fun of legitimate stuff. But somehow, somebody early on said, let's hijack all this paraphernalia stuff, all these trappings, and throw them over here to the New Testament church. It's not there. And we got Ku Klux Klan hats going around. We got crazy stuff going on. (laughs) People wearing, you know, spending more on these crazy gowns and stuff. I'm not against spending the money if you got instruction to do it. They were told, here it is. Now take Aaron, your brother, his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me as a priest. And then it says, look, verse two, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother for glory and for beauty. There's a reason for this. You shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I've filled, all the dressmakers, all these sewers, whom I've filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, skillful woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron and your brother and his sons that they may minister me as priests. What were the clothes for? It wasn't for showing off to anybody else. They were going before God himself. Let me tell you something. I can pray for you, but you don't need me in some jacked up outfit going to talk to God for you. Go talk to him yourself. Now, some of you say, I'm out of here, that's it, you're making fun. If I don't say it loud and clear, you will not hear me. There is one priest, and his name is Jesus. You want to go see a priest about your problems? Go see Jesus. You got sins to confess? The book clearly says if you got sins to confess, it's okay to tell someone else. I wouldn't get up telling everybody. Confess your sins one to another. I'd be healed. There's a place for that. Let me tell you something. You don't need to be wasting time coming to me to get me to get you something, a hookup. You got Jesus, you got a hookup. I hope I didn't use that term out of context there, but anyhow. (laughs) Same chapter, Exodus 28, the ephod, this thing he would wear, the breastplate. Verse 31, other priestly garments, the robe, ephod of all blue. This probably was beautiful stuff. I'm not knocking it. Probably been one of the coolest things in the world to see, but all this stuff was not for the public. Anyway, it was for God. Same chapter, verse 40. Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics, sashes for them, hats for them, for glory and beauty. Linen trousers, verse 42. No commando priest. Here's how this works. Verse 42. And you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness. They shall reach from their waist to their thighs. You say, well, who's going to see them? They're in there with God. You know what he says? Take care of business. Do it a certain way. Now, this is why I'm reading all this. If God says do it a certain way, do it a certain way. But don't be making stuff up to make yourself feel better. It's got to be in the directions. It's got to be in the book. First Kings chapter 6. And by the way, go read this stuff anyway. It's unbelievable, especially if you like architecture or design. 
I mean, I highly encourage being creative. I love creativity. You know why? Because our God is the most creative being in the universe. Look what he made. I think dogs see in black and white. What if you lived your whole life seeing in black and white? We got color. I got HD. My eyes are still pretty good. <laughs> First Kings chapter six. Now look at this. It came to pass in the 400. So they've had a tabernacle, this tent thing, mobile home. And then I didn't read you the list of all the tools, the lavers, all the knives, everything they use for the sacrificial, the system. I mean, it's just every little detail you can imagine. So now God says, okay, we're going to get a permanent house. It came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. Now here's another phrase. And you say, you're splitting hairs. I am not splitting hairs. People will go to a church building. It's a sanctuary. And they'll say things like, oh, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord today. You know what? You're stuck. You are the house of the Lord. You may take the house of the Lord, your body, into a building, but you are the building. The building is not the house of the Lord. Does everybody get what I'm saying? You know why people don't want to come back to church? Because they hate it. Because it's all this stiff thing. Hope I don't get hit with a cross on the stick thing, you know, or something. <laughs> Someone come smack me on the head. You're supposed to love not going to church. You're supposed to love being church. You're supposed to love gathering as a church. There ought to be great joy in these gatherings. There are moments, you know, somebody a little while ago said, somebody's got cancer, you know, boom, it comes down. It's heavy. Somebody's baby, pregnant. There's no heartbeat. You know what? It's not all, oh, praise the Lord anyway. Good for you. God will bring good from it. Shut up again. There's a time and a place to say things and a way to say things. We don't have to be goofy. You say, well, you're crazy, dude. You're splitting all these hairs and finding stuff in the Bible to back up your deal. I'm 50 years, 60 years old. I've heard this my whole life. I ain't backing off on this is the house of God. Knock yourself out. It's just not true. You're wrong. Wow, I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> Let's get back to some scripture. That's where I'm safest. <laughs> Gives the dimensions, verse 2. And here's one of the coolest things, if you didn't know this, you will ever read in the Bible. In the building of the temple, this building, which I'm telling you, it was this sacred, holy temple. And I'll get to this word in the New Testament in a minute. Look at verse 7 of 1 Kings 6. And the temple, when it was being built, was built with stone finished at the quarry. Okay? So this isn't bring some stones from the quarry and make them fit in the temple. Look at the next phrase so that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. It was a holy construction site. There's no tink, 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 let's smooth this off. They got it right at the quarry, and when it got delivered, there was silence. Holy ground. Now, I'm okay with there being places where we come together or where I am by myself. And sometimes you just gotta kick your old shoes off. You go, you know what? This is just a piece of dirt, but all of a sudden I'm not by myself. This is holy ground. But at some point you're gonna figure out that everywhere you step in your shoes is holy ground because you're hauling holy everywhere you go, every step. Walk in the spirit. 
1 Kings 6, verse 22, the whole temple is overlaid with gold until it had finished all the temple. Also, he overlaid with gold the entire altar that was by the inner sanctuary. This is a beautiful, amazing place. And if you go read like Hebrews, I think 8 and Hebrews 10, it talks about this stuff in the Old Testament being a shadow of the real thing. Now, for all the people say, well, hell, I don't want to go to heaven just sit around singing with the angels forever. Well, what exactly do you think they're going to be doing in hell where you plan to go? <laughs> go read the book of Revelation. All this stuff is God sending some blueprints through Moses saying, or Solomon, David, whoever saying, build me this. Up there, God built all that. You want to see something? Get you some Jesus and show up. You know what I'm saying? I has not seen nor ear heard, hadn't even entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You got you a house here? I got me a house up there that a carpenter built that knows what he's doing. All right, go to Matthew chapter 27. Now I'm gonna read you some verses out of Matthew 27 because I want you to see where this thing stops. Matthew 27, verse 50. And this is Jesus on the cross. All of eternity has looked forward to this day and all of eternity from then looks back to this day because without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you got jack, nothing. This is the deal. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, look at verse 51. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So the permanent house, the temple, had this massive curtain like a wall almost that separated the Holy of Holies from the Holy of Holy Place. This was not something you even cut. It was massive. Jesus dies, gives up the spirit, and the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. You know why they said that? Because truly, this was the Son of God. Now, why am I highlighting the temple veil being rent? He don't live there anymore. He moved out of there. And then it's announced, if you keep reading, that he is going to move in to his people. No more tabernacle tent. No more permanent house. I got me a new temple. Now, I'm going to give you back up on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and for the sake of time. Verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now I'm having a hard time finding plainer English than that. And we build temples, the something, something temple of God and whatever, you know, we come up with all these temple names. You can't build a temple with bricks and stones and wood. You can't do it anymore. You want to build your house, walk with God, read your Bible, pray, live a godly, righteous, holy life. That's how you build the temple. 
Because you are the temple. Now, I'm going to tell you why you don't like this. Number one, because we got lots of traditional stuff and we got all this stuff we've given money to build and perpetuated. The other reason is I don't want him walking around with me. I want to visit and leave him someplace and let him leave me the you know what alone. God, you stay in your house. I'm going out here and do what I want to do. And if I feel bad, I'll come talk to you at your house. But don't follow me home. (laughs) Quit following me around. And see, if you're a Christian, what you don't realize is he's not following you around. He's stuck in you. Everywhere you go, he's stuck with. Every person you sleep with, he sleeps with. Everything you put in, he's stuck with. You do meth, he's doing meth. It's not your body anymore. It's not my body. I am bought with a price. I am owned by someone else. I am holy ground. I am the temple, the house of God. And if I actually got that, I'd be terrified. Write these things down. Study it for yourself. You say, yeah, but my priest or my preacher or my whatever, my vicar, my whatever you're calling them, told me that. Get you some verses to back it up. Ask him, say, don't show me in the Old Testament all your stuff. How'd you get all that Old Testament idea overlaid onto what I've got now? It's not in there. I'd rather write a check any day to get somebody to build a building and leave me alone. Don't mess with me. I got my stuff. I like my life the way it is. Don't be remodeling me. Go remodel that church. Here's some money. Leave me alone. Another verse, Ephesians chapter 2. Read all of chapter 2, but I'll jump down here to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians 2, 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built. Now, look, he starts using these building analogies. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a what? A holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You know where God lives now on the planet? In us, if we are believers. It is a new mobile home, but it is a mobile home. And so part of our challenge is we think, well, great, I love God living in me. I'm ready to get home to the permanent house. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest. Real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. One more, Colossians chapter 3, and then we're done. I don't have any time to read all this stuff that's in the Bible. I'm giving you some highlights. Colossians 3. Gosh, where do we jump in here, Lord? Verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Why? 
since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And then he goes on down in verse 12, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You want to put something on, put all that on. You know what? You don't want to put that on. That's why it's easier to go to a church and sit in a sanctuary where God lives and then get out and go live like you want to live. Because you don't want to put on all this stuff any more than I do half the time. I'm still trying to get there. I'm not there every day. You know what? I'd rather just go to church and then live like hell. You know what? I'll start wearing suits and ties. We can just shake hands. We'll cut out the prayer time. We'll stop sharing all our crap. And we'll just act like it's all good. You having a good day? God bless you. How are you? Praise the Lord. All right. That's great. Let's get in our cars and argue back to the house. And let's just go back to going to church. Forget this being the church. It's too hard. Because then it's every day. It's every step. When Jesus died and the veil was rent, God got him some new digs. And the new digs are us. And he's going to live here for a while. But there's a day coming when you get some new, new digs on the other side. And that's looking more appealing every day. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talks sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.